on their WhatsApp status. And when you ask them what's wrong, because that emoji is angry. When you ask them, hi, what's wrong? They say, nothing. Why do you put the angry emoji in the first place? I can't understand that. Just baffles my mind. I don't know. But I think with the emojis, what it actually does is it says to you, How is your mood? But I think this emojis we can take back to our attitude as well. So, what is the real meaning of attitude? The definition in the dictionary it says it's a feeling or a way of thinking that affects person's behavior. So it's a feeling or a way of thinking that affects a person's behavior. So let's face, let's face it this morning. Let's just be honest. Sometimes we don't have good attitudes. And I say we, did you hear I say we? Because it includes me. Sometimes I don't have a good attitude. And so I don't think, so don't think this morning that I will just come and stand here and preach to you. I must first sort myself out because before I can come and stand here and preach to you. So the word is for me as well. The definition says it's a feeling or a way of thinking that affects a person's behavior. So, it's a feeling that affects us. It means it affects the way we behave. And sometimes we behave badly. Sometimes we do. We are human. <coughs> don't think that we are past this and we don't, we can't behave badly. We are conscious, but we are still human. So we still make mistakes and we can still have an attitude sometimes. So sometimes, because you know why, sometimes we get hurt and then we act out. When we get hurt here on the inside, we act out. And when we act badly, we fail the test. Done, dog constitutes. Six love. We act out. When we get hurt inside, we act out. And it is not always in a positive way. And then it's even worse because now we must go back and we must go and say sorry. And that's not easy. Some people will say, why must I say sorry first? I, I do this sermon this morning because I I bring this back home to myself and to my family. When me and Adrien always had a fight, when we were not so near Jesus, we were really far on funny path off. And we had a fight, and I had this attitude, I'm not going to say sorry first. I my part now, why don't I say sorry first? I'm not going to do it. Like they make suffer. He, I'll wait until he says sorry first. Otherwise, I won't talk to him. 
We want them to know that there must be love and unity under believers. The verse says, any comfort for his love. And when you go and look at 2 Corinthians 1 verse 3, it says that God is the God of all comfort. Then the verse further says, it says, any fellowship together in the Spirit, it means we share something in common. We share something. We share life with the Spirit of God and we share our fellowship with Jesus. That's what we have in common. Then Paul asked in the last piece of the verse, he asked, Are your hearts tender and compassionate? How does your heart look this morning? That's one of the questions that we must ask ourselves. Are your heart tender and compassionate? Do you have a soft heart this morning to receive the word? That's what we must answer. The second verse says, then, then make me truly happy. You must remember it's Paul speaking here. He says, then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another and working together with one mind and purpose. So there's so much said in this one verse. Everyone must agree with each other. And we know that's not always possible. We must love each other and the word says work together with one mind and one purpose. So the, the goal here is unity. And how can we achieve it? By working together with one mind and one purpose. If we've got the same mind and the same purpose, then we've got the same goal. It means we must be in unity with Christ. It means that we must love each other despite our differences. Because you know why? We all are different. We all are different. We are uniquely made. Two of us are not the same. We are all different. But the thing is we can still work together. Because we've got a, a common goal something in common and that is Jesus and then that makes us to work together we must work as a team in God's kingdom Jesus also had a team of disciples that went with him everywhere so he also needed to have a structure to have people around him to help him although we are, we are all different we can work together then verse 3 says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. In the flesh we are often motivated by self-ambition. We are so busy to make sure that we are alright. That we sometimes forget that there's people around us that needs our help. We are so focused on our own team, uh, on our own little house, our own little structure around us, that we forget to look on the outside and see the need of others. 
It was important for God to save that would be selfish. Further, he said, don't try to impress others. Why do we impress others? Why do we want to impress others? You know why? Because it feels good. It feels good to impress others. But we don't need to impress others. Paul said, don't try to impress others. The thing is, we only need to impress God. I only need to impress Him and nobody else. It doesn't matter what other people think. It's only important what He thinks of me. Then the verse says, Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Be humble. Being humble means putting others first. There's a quote that says, Being nice, humble, and gracious will take you far. The last part says, thinking of others as better than yourselves. You must take this now in a good way. I don't want you to think that it's something that you must have pride or boast in yourself. So just take this as something good, not something bad. If we think of others better than ourselves, listen to this. If I consider you above me, and you consider me above you, are you listening? If I consider you above me, and you consider me above you, then something marvelous happens. Do you know what happens? Then we have a community where everyone is looked up to and nobody is looked down upon. Then we can say, listen here, I look up to you. I look up to you, you look up to me. It's not a thing about pride or boasting in yourself that you think you are better than others. But you know why? If I consider you above me, and you consider me above you, then what we can we can't look down on each other and be nasty to each other. Verse 4 says, don't look out only for your own interest, but take an interest in others too. When we don't have selfish ambitions, we will naturally have a greater concern for others and the needs of others. Paul doesn't tell us it's wrong to look out for ourselves. Listen, the word says, don't look out only for yourself. He didn't say, don't look out for yourself. He said, don't look out only for yourself. So that means that you must look out for yourself, but not only for yourself. All believers are supposed to treat others with humility and selflessness. So we must look at the other people around us. We all must be kind and considerate to one another. By having the love of Christ inside of us, we can look at each other and say, listen here, what do you need? Tell me what you need. 
And if somebody says, yes, dear, I've, I've, I need, I don't know, really meal. Check out. I've got two fast cages at my house, I'll give you one. So what that does? You still look out for yourself, but you share the other one. Don't keep both for yourself. You still look out. After yourself, but you can still share with somebody else. See the need in others. Be aware this morning at what the person next to you needs. And if you don't know, find out. If you see a need, find out. You must. Then we go over to our main verse. Our main verse is in verse 5. And you, if you only take this verse for you today, it's fine. Philippians 2 verse 5 says, You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. And that's our main verse. It says, you must have. You must have. So that means, it's something that you choose to have. You have a choice. To have the same attitude as Jesus. You've got the choice. You must just choose it. We have the choice. You have to let it be so. That's the thing. You have to let it be so. So you must take it for yourself. But we can only do this if we allow Christ to help us. We can't do this on our own. We must go to God and say, Listen, you the Lord. My attitude stinks. You must tell him. My attitude stinks. And I went to God and I said, I didn't have a nice month. And I went back and I said, Lord, my attitude stinks. And you must help me to change this and so that I can be transformed on the inside, in my mind, in my actions, in what I say. And I really, I work on that. Because I must come and stand here and just preach to you. I must work on myself. I'm still a work in progress myself. We must always seek His ways. We must live with total dependence on God. And say, Lord, please help me. I can't do this on my own. Verse 6 says, Though He was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. So Jesus is God. God is God. Jesus is God. The Holy Spirit is God. They are the Trinity, but they are all God. So Jesus is fully God. But when He came to earth, He didn't try to think He was equal to God. Christ was and is and will always be and he will always remain an equal member to the Trinity. The Trinity, the God, the Son, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. They are all equal members of the Trinity. So he is God. But he didn't come here to just throw around his title. He came to earth 
to become to become a human, and he actually became a slave because verse seven says, instead he gave up his divine privileges. Jesus had privileges to be there with God. He left all that to come to earth to come and die for us. The word says he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being when he appeared in human form. So what did he actually do? He emptied himself. He emptied himself. He gave, gave up his divine privileges to come and save us. Verse 8 says, He humbled himself in obedience for, to God and died a criminal death on the cross. You see, Jesus humbled himself when he became obedient. Listen what I said. Jesus humbled himself when he became obedient. And that's a big lesson for us. We humble ourselves when we become obedient. We humble ourselves when we become obedient. That's when we stop our nonsense and we open our ears and we do what we are supposed to do. Jesus humbled himself and he died on the cross, a crucial and terrible death, with pain and humiliation. Verse 9 says, Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names. Because, because Jesus went through all this hardship and through all this trials and all this pain and humiliation, God just came and He gave Him the highest place of honor because He went through all that for us. And the word says, and He gave Him the name above all other names. There's no higher name than Jesus. There will never be a name higher than Jesus. Verse 10 says, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. So, not only is Jesus exalted by the Father, but the whole world, all of us, and the whole world is brought under submission to the Son. That's what actually happens. Every knee shall bow, every knee, everyone. All people will be in submission to him. So it is something that will happen. It's not a story. It's going to happen. It will happen. And then it ends off with verse 11 and says, And every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Every tongue shall declare and confess that Jesus is God. Jesus is the way. Jesus is Lord. Everyone will see who He is and they will see the worship that He deserves. And through this, God will be glorified. It says that 
to the glory of God the Father. God will be glorified by this. God deserves all the glory and the praise. I said it this morning in the, in the prayer room. So we can see Paul wrote this piece to equip the Philippians and us to practice real Christian unity. One thing nobody can give us, there's one thing nobody can give us or they can't take away from us. And this is this attitude. We are the ones who choose it. And we are the only ones that can change it. Nobody else. Only I can change my attitude. And I did it. It wasn't so good, it was bad, and I changed my attitude. But I realized something. The thing is, we don't think the same. We don't do things the same way. We don't always agree on things. Because we are all different. And you know what? It's okay. It's okay. And sometimes we need uh, an attitude adjustment. And it's not easy to change your attitude. Listen to me. I've been through that. It's not easy to change your attitude. Because you know why Satan will cheer you on to hold on to this attitude. He will say things like, you've got the right to be angry. Give them a piece of your mind. Don't say sorry first. Let them suffer. He will say all these things just to cheer us on to do negative things. He will say, let them suffer. The problem is, they don't suffer. You do. We do. They don't suffer. We do. Don't give in to a bad attitude. The quicker we change and allow Jesus to have his way in us, the better our lives are going to be. Our attitude should be the same as that of Jesus. God wants us to come to people every day with an attitude, but with a good attitude, not with a bad attitude. You see, the thing is, my attitude is a window to my heart and the way I act and the way I behave is a window to my heart and then people can see through the window what's inside my heart and that's the thing so we must change our attitude because people must then look through the window to see Jesus inside of me if I've got a bad attitude, people can't see Jesus. They'll say, oh, look at that. You see, my attitude is a window to my heart, and I'm changing that. If we battle with something in here, it will be revealed in the way we behave. We must always have a good, positive attitude. Not a bad, negative attitude. 
I believe that it's all about me. That's what a bad attitude indicates. Nothing good, nothing good, listen to me one, nothing good comes from a bad attitude. Because you just make problems for yourself because now you must go back and say sorry. And that's not it. We usually end up embarrassing ourselves. We make more work for ourselves because now we must go back. And you know what? We bruise our own testimony. I bruise the testimony because of my bad attitude. So we are in charge of our attitudes and we can change it. Just change it. Just drop your bad attitude. Just throw it away. The question this morning is, do you have the attitude of Christ? I'm working on mine. I'm saying this morning from this pulpit, I'm working on mine and I choose not to be Let the sudden take over my life. I choose to have a good attitude. I choose to have the attitude of Christ. And I choose to change in myself. We must all strive to have the humble attitude of Jesus. May God help us with this. And if you if you need prayer, just send me a WhatsApp and say, pray for me. You don't have you actually don't even have to say what I must pray. If you need prayer, just say pray. I'll pray for you. Because you know what? What you reveal to God, God knows already. So I'll just stand in for you and pray with you. You don't have to tell me what I must pray for. So may God help us to change our attitudes. I'm changing mine and if you think this morning that there's something wrong with your attitude, go and speak to God. Go and make things right. Because the word says we must have the attitude of Jesus. Amen? Amen. Father God, thank you so much for this morning and thank you so much that we can learn so much from your word. Father, I pray that you will just help us to change our attitude. Lord, we don't want to have this bad attitude and I pray that you will just please come and help us. Lord, we want to change it and, and we want to have the attitude of Jesus, the attitude of Christ. Lord, please help us to achieve this and to work on this every single day. Lord, we love you so much and I, I praise you and I exalt you for who you are. Thank you, Father God, for loving us so much, for loving each one of us that you died for us and that you made a plan for us. And I pray that you will just be exalted in this day. Please bless everyone. Please bless every person in this church this morning and who listens to this message. And I pray that you will just reveal yourself to each one so that they will know, Lord, that you love them so much. Be exalted in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much.